This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. And this hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is to provide you with some really good information on what a home is all about and um, whether you should buy or not buy, whether you should sell or not sell, but also how to maintain the home that you do have whether you're renting it or buying it. And one of the beauties of this show is that every week we can bring one of our many, many members um, onto the show to share with us their expertise. And today we have um, Robin Wood. Good morning, Robin. How are you? Good, Don. How are you? Excellent. Thank you very much. And Robin is uh, referred to as the roof doctor. So, um, and that means he inspects roofs and you might, might think, well, why do we need to know about roofs? Well, Hey, they're the thing. That's the thing that really protects us. Well, that and the walls, right? Right. Yeah. So we're going to learn a lot about it. The different, uh, types of roofs, how to maintain them. What's the life expectancy of them. And I remember I took a class a long time ago on it was called the anatomy of a home. And this guy, this inspector was telling us all about uh, each component of a home and, and what, what it, uh, you know, it's life expectancy, how often you had to maintain it. And that's what we're going to get into with Robin today. So uh, I hope you're ready, Robin. I'm ready. If I don't know the answers, Don, I'll just make them up. How's that? Excellent. That means you and I will be a good fit because that's what I do too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all the listeners out there, just kidding. Just kidding. All right. But first, I want to talk about something that happened this week. Um, And this, I think, is just as important, probably more important than the roof on the house, probably more important than the walls. Um, I ran into uh, uh, selling a home. And I was talking with the sellers as they were moving out. And the uh, young girl was there. And she's going into the sixth grade. And I said, well, are are you going to miss this place? She goes, oh, yeah, I am. I have so many memories in this home. And, you know, so we started talking. Then I couldn't help it because I know I do this show every Saturday. I said, well, tell you what why don't you write an essay for me uh, about what your home means to you and I'll put it on the radio. And it was so cute. She goes, the radio? And she throws up her arms and says, Hollywood, here I come. Yes. (laughs) Welcome home radio. That's the first step on the way to Hollywood. Um, Although I'm not so sure I'm going to make Hollywood. But I'm going to read this to you now. And this is the essay that Sophia Haas wrote. And ah, uh, it, 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 it's great. It's, it's, the title is What Home Means to Me. Home to me is not drywall, patios, and cabinets. It's not carpet, windows, or furniture. It's not a place. It's memories you make and the people you love. 
Home is where I laugh and cry. It's where I had my fifth birthday and took family photos. Home is where I met my brother and sister for the first time. It's where I eat dinner with my family and where my mom tells me, go clean your room. Home to me isn't the nice backyard or the color of the walls. It isn't the fireplace or the bathtub. It's the memory of my dad and I picking lemons to make our special lemonade, where my little sister said her first words and where my grandparents and I baked a cake for my dad. Home is where I sleep every night, where I wrote my first essay and where my siblings and I play video games. Home is my mom, dad, brother, sister, and grandparents. Home isn't a thing you can touch or see. Home is where memories are made. Home is family. That is so great. Sophia Haas, thank you for doing that. And especially in troubled times like we're going through right now in our world, um, sometimes the kids can bring us back to where we need to be, and that is to appreciate our home. And you notice in here she didn't say whether they were renting or, or buying, so it's not about that. It's about making your home the memories with your family. So um, thank you for that. Wasn't that cute? That is, yes. And um, to, to make it even cuter, if I could explain the look on her face, the excitement of knowing she was going to be on the radio, um, that made it all the more better. And... Uh, by the way, that look on her face too showed me she was very sincere about this. Um, this isn't, you know. You know, I, I oftentimes ask kids to write essays, and I think I'm just getting back at um, from all the teachers that told me sit down and start writing essays, and this was usually after school, in detention or something. But um, <laughs> and then I think some of my essays weren't so sincere, but this one is. So. Thank you very much for that, and uh, there is a young girl with a bright future, I believe. That was really cute, Don. Yeah. All right. Um, Robin, let's talk about, um, first of all, uh, you made quite a career switch uh, 25 years ago. I see that you were um, in high fashion, high-end fine jewelry in high fashion high-end Carmel, California. Yes, I was. All right. And then uh, what made you get into roofs? That seems like um, a, a swing to the other the other side. Yeah, it was. And I'll tell you why, Don. It was in the middle of a recession. And I believe the interest rates were about 28% at the time. Mm-hmm. And nobody was buying $40,000 earrings, $20,000 uh, Patek Philippe watches. And I was starving to death. And a friend of mine came to me and said, why don't you let me show you how to inspect roofs? And it made sense at the time. I knew I could do that for a few months, 25 years, 26 or more later. Uh, and come to find out, it was a good move because roofs are uh, somewhat recession-proof, if anything can be, because people have to have a roof. So it's a high-ticket item people have to have if you're selling the, you know, a new roof. And so, uh, and then ended ended up stumbling into the real estate end of it, and it's just really been great. I love working with realtors. Well, we're all different, aren't we? 
Yes. <laughs> All right. True entrepreneurs, though. That was a re- there. There you go. And realtors have to be true entrepreneurs. In fact, um, I wrote an essay or an article for our m- member newsletter uh, this week, and what I put in there is that. It is so surprising that our numbers are maintaining as well as they are, although we've had massive amounts of layoffs, massive amounts of illnesses, um, you know, the economy's upside down, all that, and then all the restrictions on just showing a home, and yet our numbers are doing doing all right, and um, I think that's a tribute to the realtor resiliency. We figured and, and, out a way. I believe so, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you, you get to work with a lot of them. In fact, you work up <laughs> up and down the valley, right? Correct. Yeah, we work from Fresno to Sacramento, east to the Bay Area. But, uh, yeah, I just love uh, the real estate industry. They are uh, real. And we're modeled. Our business model is after the real estate industry, by the way. How so? Well, we've. Our job is to help. I don't want to get too much into who we are because we want to talk about first-time home buyers and new agents, but new realtors. But um, we are modeled after your uh, industry to serve the industry. We feel like our job is to help you sell houses, and so consequently, everything we do, you know, we're digital, we're paperless, and a number of things that the real estate industry is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Now, not every realtor is paperless. <clears throat> uh, you're talking to one that still likes to keep a paper file. <laughs> right, right. Well, we do that, too. But my point is we follow what you do uh, from a model of uh, helping you to sell homes. And uh, our inspection reports and so forth, you know, first of all, we turn them around in 24 to 48 hours or 24 hours after the it's scheduled because we understand the urgency of the real estate business, but uh, there are a number they're designed in the reports you'll see are designed to be user friendly to the buyer, the seller and the realtor. So there's just a number of things we do. That's a couple of them. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned um, earlier, first time home buyers, Um, that roof has to be a scary thing to a first time home buyer because um, you know, I heard one, one guy say, Oh my gosh, what do roofs cost? Fifty thousand dollars. This was about a twelve hundred square foot home, by the way. Right. So, and um, you can tell us that it's nowhere near fifty. No, it's not. But uh, we do not sell roofs, and there's a reason why, Don. We consider it a conflict of interest mm-hmm. uh, because so we don't want to go out there and use <laughs> the roof inspection as a ruse to sell you a, a roof. So we do everything we can to repair that within reason so that you know we're not exposed and you're not exposed so we try our best to uh repair them with a at least a two-year window of life expectancy left in a worst case scenario and if we can't repair it we're going to tell you yeah and um that two year is kind of a standard in the industry right right unless you get into certain types of loans then they'll push it out to three you know uh and we'll address that if if ever needed sometimes i've even seen four-year certs but two years is a standard uh roof certification Mm -hmm. and getting back to that thing about the conflict of interest um 
I agree with you. It, when you have a neutral inspector who's just supposed to look at the place and, and give you the, the, the condition of it, it, it's hard to also make a bid to repair or replace. Um, I, I recently saw a home inspection where every item, the home inspector had a, uh, had a cost to repair or replace. And it's like, yeah. wow, what was his motive Right. Well, you know, we're in business like you. We make money by through repairs. However, the the thing about roofs is I remember I was in an airport in Dallas once, and I met a guy in the lobby, and he, he was talking business to me. This was many, many years ago. And he said, you know, Robin, mystery equals margins. Point being this, if the roof, which nobody generally goes on, even the uh, other inspector <clears throat> categories, other than roof inspectors, and that's all we do is roof inspection. If the roof is, it maintains this mystery, it's easy to uh, create fear and, uh, you know, profit margins, frankly, by, uh, because of the mystery. But we get on every roof. I, I saw a movie, Moonstruck, many years ago, and the, the dad was a plumber. And, of course, plumbing is something you can't see either. And he right. he used that philosophy for of yeah. mystery is margin, right? Well, when we get back from our first commercial break, we're going to talk about the different roof types and what type of life expectancy and what type of maintenance we have to do on each. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio nine forty uh, a.m. Thank you. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we're talking with Robin Wood, the roof doctor, uh, about roofs. But that yeah. so, that little song there was uh, for Sophia, who wrote the essay for us on what a home really means. And that is a home that, that builds us. So, um, and, and thank for, thankfully for a good roof, because that helps helps keep us there. Yeah, Don. The uh, the doctor is in. All right. Um, let's start off with a roof type that we don't see too much of anymore. But boy, okay. it, it used to be popular, and that's the wood roof. Right. How come we uh, don't see them so much anymore? Well, first of all, they're very expensive. Secondly, they're not really trendy, and they have a history of being uh, a fire danger. However, uh, we started our business, and I started my career in wood shakes. They're made out of cedar. And the reason you don't see them is because composition and tile have essentially, concrete tile have essentially taken over the market. However, uh, we are very much able to repair them if they're repairable, and there are many that are repairable, uh, and even treat them if necessary. So that's kind of it. It's been taken over by the composition roof, asphalt composition, and the tile industry. I see. Um, And I have seen where there's a treatment for them, uh, something that's sprayed on there to uh, 
extend the longevity of them? Yeah, we'll do that. We try to get them early in the game. A shake roof, depending on the the uh, thickness of the shake, they're going to run anywhere from a maybe half an inch, three eighths of an inch on the on the downside, up to even an inch or more for a uh, uh, well a jumbo shake, what they used to call a Hollywood shake. And yeah, there's we spray them with a special treatment if possible. Otherwise, though, we can just what we do is we shim the cracks with wood on wood. In other words, little cedar shims where the cracks are. Those cracks, uh, what they'll do is they'll expose the felt paper underneath it, and then the UV rays eat through that felt paper and uh, can cause a leak. I see. So it's not really the wood shake that repels the water then? Yes and no. That's the first line of defense. Then it's the felt paper. But because there are no... There's no solid sheathing generally underneath those. The uh, they're spaced out. It's you know I'm at a little bit of, of a disadvantage on all of this, Don, because I I norm, normally use you know visuals. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes, there's there's no third layer of defense generally speaking. Um, however, new shake roofs. Some people just love shakes, you know, and you can get a new shake roof. You know, we installed a. Uh, for the probably the largest realtor organization in, up here in Sacramento, uh, a company that I used to work for installed a shake roof. So you can get them, and they're fire-treated now. The shakes are required by law to be fire-treated. Okay, yeah, I understand that sometime back in the 90s, uh, state fire marshal said that all wood, wood roofs had to be fire-treated. Right. So, yeah. So you mentioned sheathing. Tell can you explain to us what that is and how that helps sure. in repelling it? You you bet. Well, first of all, sheathing is just a fancy word. We'll call it plywood. So when you see a roof going up over the rafters, which after everything is torn off, you put down a four by eight sheet of what you know industry language is sheathing, and it's either plywood or something called OSB oriented strand board, and basically that's a high grade particle board that's water repellent that will be your third line of defense not your best line of defense though because when you put the plywood up you got to nail it down and you got to butt it up against the other piece of plywood and all of those seams are uh you know potentials for leak Mm -hmm. uh, if it gets through those first two layers of you know roof uh, substrate roofing and then felt and then sheathing it's more it's more or less structural to hold the other stuff on there, frankly. Okay. So the sheathing goes up and now I've heard a term called skip sheathing. Right. Can, can you tell us about that? Sure. Now that's not done anymore, but it used to be the way a roof is constructed is you have rafters and you can see those stick out the ends as rafter tails on the eaves. Those rafters are generally two by fours or two by sixes. And it used to be that you could put down a one by six four piece of wood and then a four inch space and then a one by four piece of wood. And these are vertical to the rafters. And that was generally done for the installation of the old Spanish tile roofs, but uh, that's no longer allowed. Uh, However, we, you know, those older roofs pre pre eighties or whatever, we will look at those and we will uh, certify them. We have to really be careful to, uh, do certain extra things to the roof to be able to certify them. But that's what space sheathing is. They call it spaced sheathing or skip sheathing. 
and it's just uh, one by four space, one by four space vertically, and you see it on old tile roofs. Does that answer your question, Don? Yeah, it it did, and, and but it makes sense too that it did not ha- back then did not have to be full sheathing because it's the third line of defense, not the first. Well, in the case of space sheathing, there is no felt, so it's roof, which is tile. You don't put anything but tile. On. They didn't put anything but tile on space sheathing, as I recall. Um, so it's tile then space sheathing. But in between those spaces, what's directly below that is the ceiling of the inside of your roof. But, you know, as I said, we will repair and certify those types of roofs. So I remember the house I grew up in. uh, It was built in the 50s. And when we were in the garage, you could see that spaced sheathing and uh, because there was no ceiling there. Um, right. but, but you could also look up and you could see daylight in certain places, right. but yet it didn't rain in there or, or water didn't come through. Right. Generally, no wind blown rain, wind driven rain can get in there, but generally because the roof is pitched or sloped, it's designed to shed water and direct it down to the eaves. But if you have wind blown rain, that's why that's where those types of roofs can be vulnerable. The, uh, wind-driven rain can get in through there and it, and it can't it is more susceptible to leaking than a normal uh, modern day roof so to speak all right so uh, I, and this is important stuff to know because when you live in a home i think periodically you need to look up there and and see what well, is everything looking right right now i'm looking at a building across the street and it's got the old spanish style roof on there uh uh-huh. t- tile as I look at it, every tile seems to be in place. No, I don't see any missing ones. And I guess that's what you look for because it is possible for those things to move. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in new construction. You're going to find on the hips, which is kind of an angled type of a roof. You're going to find on the hips that the uh, tiles underneath that have slipped. And it's a real easy fix, though. Mm-hmm. You just feel it and reset it in place on a tile roof we're looking for broken tiles slip tiles and the biggest vulnerability on a tile roof is going to be the valley believe it or not and the pipe flashings primarily the valleys that's on a tile roof yeah Yeah. what why is that well i'll tell you what you can't see what's going on in a tile roof but the two angled planes and once again i'm at a little bit of a disadvantage but if you were to take your hands side palm to side palm, and then turn them up. What's in between there is called the valley. And what happens is, because these tiles are cut so tight, there's something happening under there that you can't generally see. Leaf debris, airborne dirt creates a uh, dam. Water hits the dam, jumps over the side of the tile because there's a metal flashing under there. And it'll jump over the side of the flashing, excuse me, and can uh, and then the water looks for a place to uh to you know to penetrate the roof whether it's a nail hole or uh what what a nail or uh you know a some type beam of in the space sheathing right yeah so uh but we try to eliminate the mystery out of the whole thing because we'll put up to 10 photos and we'll show you that debris so from the ground you look up and you say oh there's no problem but the inspector will get up there. Mikhail will get up there, and he'll lift up the tiles, 
and look underneath there and look for debris, and then we'll we'll bid it to uh, be able to remove the debris. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that does. And we're going to get into in the next segment about maintenance also, but. But first, tell me about um, other types, uh, comp shingle, there's the stone-coated steel, and synthetic right. roofs also. Right. Composition is, if you can picture this, three layers. If you were to take, if you had three hands, the first layer of a composition shingle roof is going to be a fiberglass mat, and it's generally white. And then it's saturated with asphalt, which is black. And then on top of that is the granulation. And so what you're going to see, and the granulation is colored in many, a number of colors that can be used. And that's generally what you see is the granulation. The other type, which is not as common, especially in the Fresno market, is the stone-coated steel. And these are about three-foot panels, very durable roof, that have uh, a stone coating attached to it. Uh, And they look very much like tile. They're actually called stone-coated steel tile. Synthetics are things that are made out of uh, roofs, in my opinion, they're experiments. And uh, they, were, they were designed to be a lifetime or 50-year roof, but it would be like plastic and or wood fiber and cement, or they call it fiber cement, or n- any number of other things, and they're very vulnerable to failing. Mm-hmm. We do need to go to another commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And on the line, we have Robin Wood, the roof doctor. And that's the name of the company that does roof inspections for many, many of the realtors around the the Central Valley. So um, I know you've been around a few years doing that, Robin. So you've probably seen uh, a thing or two on roofs. Yes, I've seen a, few, a thing or two on roofs. By the, by the way, Don, we are the roof doctors. We are not roof doctor. Ah. Uh, that's the name of our company. Wh- yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of stuff. War stories, like I'm sure you have plenty of war stories as a seasoned agent. Yeah. Hey, seasoned agent. That, that's like calling me old. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> well, uh, if the shoe fits, enough. wear it, right? I know. <laughs> Okay, speaking of, of that, I have another type of roof to ask you about because my memories or, or nightmares come back to me. When I was a kid, my dad owned a building that had a flat roof on it. And, right. And uh, I remember him uh, waking me up in the middle of the night saying, come on, we got to go. We would go downtown to this building, this commercial building with the flat roof, and we would be mopping tar into dirt, uh, certain areas. Um, do you see the, uh, you know, how, how do flat roofs work with the, I guess it's rolled, is it rolled asphalt? Yeah. Well, technology has really improved on flat roofs since that day that you're discussing. And as I told you, we're modeled after the real estate industry. And generally that's done on a commercial roof, but we'll see them on different manufacturers types uh, flat roofs with uh for homes Mm -hmm. they're usually on the patio or there are certain manufacturers like eichler and different ones that were either all flat or semi-flat but the types of roof that you're discussing are called a a, uh, tar and gravel 
or a rolled roofing, and the seams are sealed with asphalt and then with a tar and gravel, which is, I don't even think they're doing that anymore. But technology has advanced to the place where now they're using, you may have seen those white roofs up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are a, they're also rolled on there, but the seams are, are heat welded with, for lack of a better term, it's like a very high-grade hair dryer. And those are exceptional roofs. We are able to repair those because not only has technology improved in flat roofs, and we can do the old ones too. We do a lot of patios. Uh, on residential roofing, but technology has also improved in the areas of coatings. A silicon coating uh, in areas where there are leaks uh, can be a very long-lasting fix for a leak. Does that answer your question? It it does. Thank you, Robin. But it also brings up another question. You had mentioned slopes on a roof. Um, why would they want to build a flat roof when a slope also helps repel rain? Well, on a, on a commercial, I don't know completely why. How's that for an answer? I'm not going to, you know, make yeah, that up. That's but, a good answer. Um, yeah, that's a good answer. I don't know why, especially when technology is so great in the areas of, uh, of um, sloped roof, you know, products. But why they would do it, I'm not sure. But you're generally going to see, uh, I think in the residential, I think they do it for aesthetics. So you get an architect in and he builds it so that you've got this combination of flat or flat and sloped. But uh, it really was, some of the te- old technology was not great or very long lasting. And the newer technology is. Okay. So let's m- now move into the different types and what the life expectancy of them is. What what let's start go back to the wood roof the cedar shake roof what's the life expectancy on it and if you're as you're telling us that tell us about the maintenance on them what should a homeowner do to maintain them so that they do last that whole life expectancy for that whole life expectancy you bet generally a shake roof and it varies from market to market because you happen to get not nearly as much rain as we do here in the Sacramento area, or as they do in the in the Bay Area, and so uh, that can impact the life expectancy. Je- and then with uh, wood roofs, it varies because of the thickness. It's not as uniform as other forms of roof coverings are. But generally speaking, I would put it in the 15 yearish life expectancy. It can go uh, up to 30 years, believe it or not, if it's one of those heavy heavier Hollywood or jumbo shakes Uh, and how to maintain them, keep the leaves off it. But the first thing I would say is uh, don't power wash them because a power washing on those uh, can beat through the softest uh, cambium wood portions of them. You know, remember they're organic, they're wood, but if somebody wants to power wash it, it's not necessarily a good way to go because power washing can uh, get in the cracks between the shakes where the felt is exposed and it can actually pound through the felt. So when we do wood treat them, we're very careful on how to do that. So the bottom line is keep the leaves off. And that's kind of it, you know. Well, except I did hear another thing. Keep your feet off of them, too. I was told don't walk on those things. Well, I would respectfully disagree with that as with tile roofs 
and shake roofs if you walk on what's called the headlap. The, the thickest part of that shake is a headlap. Now, if it's an older roof, you've got to be careful because in a shake roof because you can crack them if it's a real old shake roof. But generally speaking, uh, walking on the headlap, if you know how to do it, and that's the thing. I think maybe it's not necessarily a good idea for the homeowner, but uh, we know how to walk on towel roofs. We know how to walk on shake roofs. We walk on that headlap because there's a piece of wood underneath it to support the shake. Uh, much more vulnerable on shake roofs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's go to a comp shingle roof. Um, what's okay. the life expectancy of, of that, and, and what do you do to maintain them? Now, once again, Don, I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage because I can't show, you know, visuals. Mm-hmm. But there, let's say there are three different types of comp roofs. There's a three-tab and that's entry-level stuff, and they're phasing out of those. It looks like about a 12-inch rectangle up there. And then there's a dimensional roof, which is the most common. And then there is the upgrade to what you might call a presidential or premium roof. When you get down to the, the old-school three-tab shingles, which was not as uh, good of a roof, I would, and it varies, once again, depending on how much sun the thing gets, and depending on the market that you're in as far as rain. Um, but I would say you're probably looking an average of 12, maybe 15 on a three-tap. On a, on a uh, dimensional roof, and that's the most common, you're going to probably be looking in your market in the 15 maximum 20-year. But when you get into the presidential or premium, which is a thicker shingle, and that's really what you're talking about, a thickness of shingle, uh, on a premium or presidential you're going to go 20-plus, maybe up to 35-ish uh, on life expectancy in your market. Okay, and what's the best way to maintain a comp shingle roof? Once again, keep the leaves off it. Now, in the case of a comp shingle, they're going to be the easiest to blow debris and leaves off. I want to mention something, and that's that your worst wear is going to be on the south side of a comp shingle. And when I told you about the anatomy of a shingle, fiberglass mat, saturated with asphalt with granules on top, the first thing you're going to see as a roof starts to fail is going to be black on the south side. But I would also encourage any homeowner or even a realtor, Don, not to diagnose that roof and say, oh, it's got black on the south side. That roof is shot. That's not necessarily the case. But I just wanted to mention that that's the first thing you're going to see in a roof failing. I'm is glad the, you said to that. Be that. Glad you said that because I've run across that where people thought, oh, the roof is shot because some of the granules are starting to come off on the south side. But yeah, not- and granules come off at the initial installation, Don. Uh, mm-hmm. There. Uh, if I have a chance, please let me talk to you about ridge cap. Okay. Well, do it now. <laughs> okay, Don. There's a type of ridge cap that was installed. And it was by a manufacturer, who, and it was a cheap ridge cap. It was called Dura Ridge. They're no longer in business. And one of the things that people are fooled by is they look up and they see failed ridge cap all the way across the top or down the hips, and they say, oh, that roof is shot. No, the ridge cap is shot because it was a lousy ridge cap. And generally speaking, if that ridge cap is shot, the roof, more often than not, is not shot because that, that stuff failed after about five, ten years. So when you look up and see failed ridge cap, don't allow yourself to be fooled into thinking that the roof is shot. Does that make sense? It does. And somebody told me one time that a ridge cap 
generally has half the life expectancy of the roof because it's taking, there's no shade on them. Yeah. And once again, Don, I would respectfully disagree with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of, uh, what could you say, urban legends about a lot of different things. And from my experience, the ridge cap, because it's made out of the same stuff as the shingle, uh, usually right up there in life expectancy with the with the shingles, from my experience. He may have been talking about that failed brand of ridge cap. Ah, that could be. And that's called Dura Ridge? Yeah, you won't see it out there anymore. They don't do it anymore. Uh, but, yeah, it's called Dura Ridge. Okay. And you can what? tell when you see a shot ridge cap. Yeah. Pretty obvious, yeah. I guess that was a misnomer, Dura Ridge. Yeah. They're no longer around. Okay, right. <laughs> a little insight from me. Um, okay, uh, before we go to our next break, tell us about um, a tile roof and the life expectancy there. Okay, well, Don, I'd like to have a little bit of time to talk about that if I can. But life, uh, concrete tile is made out of uh, concrete and water, basically. Life expectancy is in there in the 30-year-plus. Yeah, the, the maintenance on that is going to be a little different, by the way. Mm-hmm. Then it might be in, in some ways than it might be on the other types of roofs. But uh, we'd love to come up. Of course, our inspections are complimentary. And after we do the repair, initial repairs, we'd love to come out every two to three years or so and reinspect it to, see, you know, have a look at debris in the valley um, and so forth. But like everything else, you want to keep the debris off it. But the difference being is, ty- is the valleys are the most vulnerable. And so that's why I would recommend that we get out there and inspect it every few years. So along every few years, along with the inspection, is it a, should they, um, the roofer blow off the debris, uh, clean it out? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that is the case also on uh, any other type of roof. Generally... Oh. It's just part of the package. We don't, it's just, we fold it into the uh, repair price. Yeah, yeah. Okay, with that, we are going to go to our next commercial break, but when we get back, we're going to finish up on all the aspects of the roof that protects your home. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. Thank you. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we have Robin Wood of the Roof Doctors here. Now, I have a big question for you, though. How do you pronounce it? Roof or roof? Ha! I don't know. How's that? That's twice (laughs) I didn't know. Darn it, because... I guess it depends on what part of the country you're from. Ah, okay. So, um... I've been wondering that for a long time, and when I saw you were on the schedule, it's like, ah, I'm finally going to get my answer to that question that's been bothering now me I, for now decades. Now I want to know. I'm going to look it up on Wikipedia, I think, or something. Yeah, roof or roofs? All right. right. We'll just go with it. De- it depends. How's that? We say roof, but whatever. Yeah. So um, we're talking about the different types of roofs roofs and and, uh the their life expectancy and the maintenance that has to be done on it um on this list here i have stone coated steel i don't see that too often so 
sounds like it could be a, a long-lasting one. It really is. It's a, it, they're big up in the in our Sacramento market, uh, and it is long-lasting and it is expensive. They're up there with, or even sometimes above, the concrete tile uh, cost. But uh, it's a very durable roof. Yeah, it's steel that's been uh, saturated and you know impregnated, not impregnated, but saturated and uh, adhered to the the granulations adhered to the steel. Okay. So, um, good, good long lifespan? It is a good, yeah, it really is. It's a very specialized installation. So if anybody were to ever get a stone-coated steel roof, make sure that that person has a uh, background in installing stone-coated steel because it's not like installing comp or installing tile, uh, concrete tile. I see. And then... Um is the maintenance on those any less, or is it more? It's different. Um, <laughs> and by the way, when it comes to maintenance, a homeowner can get up to the eve with the you know a blower and blow blow stuff off. But it's different. The uh, vulnerabilities on a stone coated steel tile are going to be the pipe flashings. Number one. So what happens is you've got these pipes sticking up all over through the on the roof that you see. Those are going down into the kitchen or they're going down into the bathroom, and the collars on there need to be addressed and the bases because they're installed a little bit differently. So one thing we always insist on is sealing those when we do a inspection report on that. The other thing is the valleys. They're much harder to get to, uh, the valleys, because these stone-coated steel panels are installed in place. So unless it's excessive, we don't necessarily, or unless the uh, home inspector or pest inspector, or home inspector shows a, a leak in the area of the valley, we don't necessarily get in there and address that. Uh, those valleys are real tight, and they're they're pretty good at repelling the the uh, rain, but we uh, or the debris. But we blow, we also insist on blowing off every one of those, especially in the exterior of the valleys. Does that answer your question? It does. Thank you. Uh, One thing about stone-coated steel is when people see the dents, they freak out. The dents are, that's aesthetic. The dents mean that person didn't know, whoever got up there didn't know how to walk on the, the, uh, that particular type of roof. doesn't mean that it's failing or vulnerable. Yeah. Okay. And, and now, so you're mentioning the pipes and all that. So part of a roof uh, is also a lot of metal because there's right. the metal valleys, the flashings. Uh, so can they last forever or let, let's say after, let's say you're replacing a roof that's been up there for 30 years. Is it okay to leave the same metal? Uh, I suppose you can. I always recommend it. And this is my opinion. Uh, the problem with roofing is people are always trying to save money. The installer, let's say on installing the roof, but I would insist that they're changed out. If I got a new roof, frankly, yeah, a good roofing company can do that. Those things are like thirty bucks each. So, oh, okay, so, it, yeah, that's got to be worth just changing while you have the rooftop off, anyway. Absolutely, but with a repair, believe it or not, one of the most vulnerable spots for leaks is as that pipe comes through the ceiling of the interior of your home, up through the roof. There's a little collar around there, and if that isn't, and those collars are often rubber, 
which are deteriorated by UV rays. And so we either swap them out or we seal it because the rain can get in there and cause a leak. It's, it's a real vulnerability, believe it or not. But I would say this, Don, if you don't mind. When you get into all the details of roofing and so forth and so on, it's real easy for a first-time home buyer or for a realtor to kind of, because they don't understand it, to be afraid of it. And I would really encourage people, and this is from an educational standpoint, not from a marketing standpoint, jump on our website, www.roofdoctors.com, www.roofdoctors.com. There's some great visuals there, and there's even some great videos on uh, that explain the diff- different things, but they are with a visual effect. Don't freak out about your roof. Uh, you know, and I'm not just saying that to minimize it, but... And, of course, mystery equals margins, but education equals power. Knowledge equals power. And if you have that knowledge, it'll just help you to understand what's going on up there better. Does that make sense? It does. But but it brings uh, – here's a question that was asked of me a couple of weeks ago by my wife, and I don't think she liked my answer when um, – cause <laughs> well, because I really didn't know the answer. <laughs> right. And she could tell. Um, what are those pipes for up there? They're for, they go, they're for the plumbing. You know, I'm going to kind of stumble my way through this because I'm not a plumber, but uh, they're to release, like, for example, take your uh, washer dryer. Yeah. So the air can get out. And they, they release that air to be their ventilation for the air to get out of there. Well, that's the answer I gave her. I wonder why she didn't like it. Well, I'll I don't know why my her. wife doesn't believe everything I say or doesn't like everything I say, <laughs> especially when, as you know, between you and me, when you and I are so brilliant, they should believe everything we say. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> right. I kind of stumbled my way through that. I don't know if I would buy the answer that I just gave, frankly. <laughs> okay. Um, but there sure are a lot of them up there. But of course, it depends on it, it's a plumbing fixture is what you're saying. And 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 it's so that they can breathe, and right? Generally, yeah. What I but where my answer failed is why do they need to breathe? Well, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. That's okay. my answer too, Don. There you go. All right. What about when they install solar panels on a roof? Uh, that's got to add a lot more penetrations to that roof. Does that increase the possibility of leaks? Well, the. Yes and no. Generally speaking, once again, we're into the new technology. They have nailless fasteners for uh, solar now so that they don't have to penetrate the roof. Like in tile, they slip in under the tile and over the back of the tile. The old school way of installation of tile, yeah, there was a lot of penetrations and a lot of holes. And that would come under the the uh, solar installers warranties that part of the installation but yeah generally speaking though with the new solar there's not that many penetrations just enough to hook it up okay and one last question and and that is tell us about dry rot what is it and uh, along fascia boards how does that happen well what happens is this there's a number of things that are supposed to happen let's just take one example Uh, when you put a composition shingle on the roof, that composition on the eave is supposed to extend out about a knuckle's worth, whatever that is, half an inch up to an inch, let's say, inch is a little too much. And if the water does not shed off the roof, it's going to shed down in between that fascia board 
or what they call a barge rafter, and it's going to, you know, find its way in there to cause uh, damage because, you know, it's just the exposure, constant exposure to water, which causes it. And by the way, we will do dry rot repair. All right. Well, Robin, I'd like to thank you for um, helping us out today and helping to educate our listeners on a very vital part of your home, and that is the roof. Um, So thank you for taking your time, and thank you to all our listeners for tuning in and learning along with me. Thank you, and we'll be back next week.